0: Hi right, there, Dustin Hawkinsmith from Penn Live. back with another review of Penn State, Minnesota. Penn State, 45-17, they get back in the win column. They helped to put that big loss to Michigan the week before behind them. Did it in front of a whiteout crowd, which I think helped everybody involved, but especially on the defensive side of the ball where that crowd noise helps level the playing field. Helps Penn State's defensive line get a, a good jump off the ball. And I think you saw that early and often in this game. One of the big priorities for the season for this game was to make a better effort to stop the run. Uh, and I think they did that pretty well in this game. Michigan ran for 418 yards. Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards seemingly did everything they wanted. Michigan's offensive line really set the tone up front. And Penn State's defensive line was challenged in this one to move on from that embarrassment, uh, learn from those mistakes, execute a little bit better, hold up to a physical offensive line, which Minnesota's offensive line is a veteran group, and they've been very, very effective as well. Uh, Mo Ibrahim had come into this game, Minnesota's running back, averaging north of six yards per carry, one of the uh, most prolific backs in the country. Penn State responded to the challenge this week. Helped, uh, I think it needs to be said, by that whiteout crowd. Also helped by Minnesota starting a young quarterback uh, in this one. Tanner Morgan was not available, so he had Athen kaliak Manis make his first start on the road. So they didn't have to have a lot of respect for Minnesota's passing game. kaliak Manis went 9 out of 22 for 175 yards. Touchdown, intercept in the interception. They sacked him once. They held Mo Ibrahim to 102 yards on 30 carries. So he got his 100 yards. He got a touchdown in this game, but he needed 30 carries to get there. Average 3.4 yards per carry. If you're able to do that against this Minnesota offense, I don't really care who the starting quarterback is. There's a good chance you're going to be successful in this game. So James Franklin after the game. Said they were uh, better and more fundamentally sound when it comes to gap discipline and knowing and executing their responsibilities. Also performed better just straight up against Minnesota's offensive line. And they also, in addition to holding Ibrahim to 102 yards, uh, racked up 11 yards and losses on him. So they were penetrating. They were just a handful up front all day long. So I think Penn State learned their lesson from the Michigan game, and they they rose to the challenge. Again, the whiteout helps. The lack of, of uh, an experienced quarterback helps. But Penn State still had to step up and, and slow down a physical, experienced veteran running back in Moe Ibrahim. 3.4 yards per carry kind of speaks for itself. It's a hard thing to do and uh, especially if you're coming off an effort where everybody's questioning and doubting whether Penn State could hold up to the run. They did it in this game, which bodes well moving forward. Part of that effort to stop the run, I think, was aided by a personnel change uh, at the linebacker position. Penn State was without without a couple um, key guys, uh, including Chop Robinson, their defensive end, who was off to such a good start. But at linebacker, Penn State went with Abdul Carter, the true freshman, in the starting lineup alongside Tyler Elton in the middle and Curtis Jacobs, who moved back to the strong side. Uh, His home last season, he had moved to the weak side this year. Uh, All those guys really had nice days. Curtis Jacobs was everywhere. He thrived in this game. 14 tackles, two tackles for loss, led the team in that category. Uh, Abdul Carter finished second on the team with eight tackles, James Franklin said it, it made sense, quote unquote, to have three true linebackers on the field against a running team, to have better size, better physicality. So you had, it ended up having Abdul Carter replace Jonathan Sutherland, who's a converted safety in the starting lineup, and uh, that group really performed well. And the question is, could we see more of this alignment going forward, whether it's a running team or not? I think the case can definitely be made that Abdul Carter is Penn State's second best linebacker and needs to have his role increased, uh, which we've seen as the season went on. And Whether he's starting or coming off the bench might not matter so much once the game gets going, but I think it's a tone setter that... You know, Curtis Jacobs was his best self uh, in this Minnesota game, and Abdul Carter did his thing as well. Abdul Carter I don't really think is a liability in relation to Jonathan Sutherland when it comes to playing in space and playing in coverage as well. The one thing that Jonathan Sutherland has, of course, is that six-year experience. You know, he's been around a long time. He's been a four-time team captain. He's earned his role for sure but Abdul Carter um, has been so so good and brings things to the table from a physical standpoint that Jonathan Sutherland can't match. So whether this is a a revamp of the starting lineup for good or whether it really really was just recognizing how run heavy they expected Minnesota to be, either way, these linebackers played lights out. Probably they're best effort of the season collectively and i think James Franklin and uh, Manny Diaz need to look at what they did in this game as maybe something they continue to go do moving forward welcome to cureleaf a medical marijuana dispensary whether you're a long-time patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant cureleaf of pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey have questions Visit us at cureleaf.com or stop in to see us at any of our locations, including our new State College dispensary located at 1248 South Atherton Street. Let's talk medical marijuana and let our confidence become yours. This one did not come as much of a surprise, but Penn State safety Jair Brown made another big play in this game. He intercepted a pass in the third quarter, made a really athletic return on that pass, too. 35 yards, set up a drive where Nick Singleton capped it with a 16-yard touchdown run, made the score 31-10 late. Really, in effect, slammed the door. Penn State had a lot of the momentum at that point in time. But making it a three-score game in the third quarter uh, was, a, was a key um, score there for Penn State, and uh, Jair Brown helped make it happen. That was his team-high third interception of the season. Was also third on the team with seven tackles in this game and had a quarterback hurry. That stat line has been pretty common for him. He's done everything that Penn State has asked of him in this defense, probably a little bit more. He leads the team in tackles still with 41. He's got three and a half tackles for loss, a sack, those three interceptions you've seen him close to the line of scrimmage you've seen him back deep in coverage you've seen him supporting the run you've seen him being used as a blitzer Uh, he's created a lot of havoc in those regards Uh, he's broken up two passes from his spot at safety and now he's second on the team with four quarterback hurries on the season so The lesson here is that Jair Brown is always game for a big play, but I think what has made him such an exceptional player is that he's game for a big play in whatever way Penn State needs him to make one. Uh, Could be a tackle for loss on a running play. Could be stuffing uh, a run inside. Could be blitzing inside, blitzing outside, rolling deep into coverage, playing man coverage. Uh, This is what Jair Brown has done for his career, and we've seen probably the best version of him so far this season, but just an exceptional, versatile player, thrives in almost any situation, and I think that's something that's going to make him a very, very enticing target for NFL teams when the draft kicks off later next spring. Uh, Long story short on this one, I mean, beating Minnesota is great. Getting back in the win column is great. Putting that Michigan loss in the rear view, also great. You have some uh, mirroring with the 2016 season that I think some people would like to bring up where they got – they got beat bad on the road against Michigan, and their breakout performance came against Minnesota the next week. They beat Maryland the game after Minnesota, and that season is when they beat Ohio State, won the Big Ten, probably deserved a spot in the college football playoff, but didn't get there. They really caught lightning in, the bottle, in a bottle in the second half of that season. They're hoping they can do more of the same here. What I think this one does is you bring fans back into alignment a little bit more. You get more of them believing uh, the whiteout came at a perfect time to help put some doubts behind everybody in the crowd. They were enthusiastic. They were loud. They were their, their usual selves in that whiteout game. Now I think they're going to be flying a little bit higher for Ohio State, so you need all the enthusiasm you can get there. The offense got back into rhythm. They got You got the tight ends more involved in the offense, which should be a lasting component. Uh, the run defense licked its wounds and uh, and was able to move on. Ohio State very much a threat there. C.J. Stroud, a Heisman contender at quarterback. They've got all kinds of weapons. They've recruited and developed like crazy at wide receiver. They've still got running backs. So stopping the run continues to be a priority. Sean Clifford and the offense need the rise to the occasion. I think no matter what you do against Ohio State, they're going to get their points. Hard to stop C.J. Stroud for four quarters, so the best you can hope for. Slow him down, fluster him, take away some of the big passes, make them work to get down the field as best you possibly can. But in the end, if the offense doesn't score 30 points, you probably can't win this game. The secondary faces a bigger challenge than C.J. Stroud, their biggest challenge of the season so far. So we'll get a glimpse on Saturday afternoon of what these defensive backs are really made of. They've been one of the best groups in America so far. They're going to need to be even better against Ohio state. And I think the last thing is with Michigan and the way that they went about things, how physical they wanted to be in the trenches, how badly they wanted to establish the run, how clear they are in their identity. It didn't mesh very well with Penn state strengths, Ohio state, electric college football playoff contender, national title contender. So by no means is Penn State a better team than Ohio State, but I think they do match up better with Ohio State strengths than they did with Michigan strengths. We'll see what happens from there. Penn State, about a 15-point underdog going in. Thanks for tuning into the Blue White Breakdown. As always, be sure to follow along to daily Penn State podcasts from Live. Those are everywhere podcasts can be found. Everything else we do is available at PennLive.com slash PennStateFootball. And we'll see you next time on the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to CureLeaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, CureLeaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Visit us soon at our new State College location.